0: Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. Today is September 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Jessica Chastain. We first met years ago just as she was on the brink of stardom. In fact, The Help and Zero Dark Thirty were yet to be released. We first talked on the carpet at Elle's Women in Hollywood dinner 11 years ago, where she was honored with the Calvin Klein Emerging Star Spotlight Award. Fast forward to about a week ago and I caught up with Chastain to talk about the eyes of Tammy Faye. In the movie, Chastain plays Tammy Faye Baker, the late TV evangelist whose husband Jim Baker's Christian empire came crashing down when he was sent to prison for mail and wire fraud and conspiracy. In the eyes of Tammy Faye, Andrew Garfield plays Jim Baker. Chastain makes her big screen singing debut. And she'll continue singing in front of the cameras when she portrays Tammy Wynette in an upcoming limited series about Wynette's marriage to fellow singer George Jones. But before we get to my interview with Chastain, let's take a look at this week's Just for Variety column. The Matrix is coming to San Francisco. After the fourth installment of the Matrix franchise, shot in the Bay Area, sources now tell me that Warner Brothers is planning to have the movie's U.S. premiere in San Francisco just days before its release in December. I'm also hearing that former First Lady Michelle Obama is putting the final details on plans to appear on the last season of ABC's Blackish. For more of my Just For Variety column, pick up an issue of this week's Variety or head over to Variety.com. Welcome back. I'm chatting with Jessica Chastain. Here, she discusses singing on camera for the first time, as well as watching Tammy Faye Baker's 1985 interview with Steve Peters a gay minister who was living with HIV on the PTL network. Unlike most other far-right evangelists who rejected gay men, Tammy treated Peters with compassion and empathy and urged her viewers and fans to do the same. It was groundbreaking and planted the seeds of Tammy becoming an unlikely icon to many in the LGBTQ community. I can't believe that it was, it was at the it junket. That I first asked you about, are you going to sing? Yes. And you said yes. <laughs> How was that experience?
1: Very stressful. I mean, yeah. I'm not a hardcore drinker, but I was <laughs> like, give me some throat coat and some whiskey and let's go. I mm-hmm. gotta, I got I guess they said the thing, the nice thing about whiskey and throat coat is it like lubricates your vocal cords. So you can just Go to town. It also, I think, um, lubricated my nerves.
0: Yeah, it's called <laughs> it's called liquid courage.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what, it's called that for a reason.
0: So, what was it? I mean, you you've been working on this for a while, and you bought yeah. the rights a while ago. What was it that just sat with you that resonated with you? Like, this is a story that needs to be told.
1: Steve Peters interview. Mm. Because, like you know. I grew up where the only thing I really knew about Tammy Faye was what, like comedy sketches, you know, impersonations yeah. told me, cover of magazines and tabloids. I like really thought, oh, she must be a terrible person because that's what I was being fed. Right. And then I watched a documentary and I got to the Steve Peters interview and I was just like, whoa, we're in a time in this nation where like the government isn't acknowledging the AIDS epidemic. Here is this Christian woman um in a community of very conservative evangelist uh, you know evan- televangelist, uh, and she is being rebellious. and she's sit- bringing Steve Peters on, who's an openly gay minister. And not only is she talking to him about his experience of coming out to his family, and she looks at our audience and says, We as mom and dads need to love through anything, and that's the way with Jesus.' And not only did she say that, uh, she also said, as Christians, we have to put our arms around everyone and tell them that we care Um, when when talking to him about how people treated him, um, like afraid to like, you know, they would give him paper plates at parties, like they didn't treat him as a human being. And she was sobbing (laughs) as he was telling her these stories. And she's saying, like, it's not it's not Christian. This is not a way to behave. I mean, I'm convinced that both because Steve is amazing in this interview, both Steve and Tammy saved lives with that interview because, Mm -hmm. you know, families were um, exiling um, people for coming out. It makes me very emotional for coming out. And, you know, kids were dying and Mm. um, from the AIDS epidemic, but also from suicide. Like it's it's not an easy thing. And, And she knew that and she wanted to. Um, be a, a support system of love and to remind her followers, which she had a lot of them, her parishioners, what it means to be Christian. And that to me was a story that needs to be told still.
0: Where, where did that come from for her? Because she was surrounded, most of the people who surrounded her were not that. That was not the Bible that they were teaching. That's not what they were preaching. Where did she find this? Where Where in herself?
1: I think um, just from my research search, it comes from growing up Um, in Pentecostal her mom her dad left the family when she was very young and her family her mom was exiled from the church they turned their back even though it was not her mom's fault the dad left right right? Right. and Tammy and then Rachel remarried and she was let back into the church because she's the only one who knew how to play the piano that's the only reason they let her back in and Tammy was the embodiment of the shame of the first marriage so she knew what it felt like to have Christians say, this is what God's love is. This is the grace of God, but Mm -hmm. not for you because you're a child of divorce. And I think because she had that empathy of, wow, this is what it feels like when you kind of go against the message of what the Bible is supposed to be. And when someone's on the outside, she had empathy for anyone Mm -hmm. that the church turned their back uh, against. And she wanted to go, that's not Christian. And I'm going to wrap my arms around every single person because everyone is deserving of love.
0: she you know it's amazing that i didn't know about that interview until i watched the movie uh, i wow. did not know wow. i knew i knew she was an lgbtq ally um because obviously she did her show with jim j bullock yeah. um you know um and i just sort of knew it i interviewed her a couple of times oh but how do you you know you put on the press text, you get in that that look, it's not only Tammy look. it's the 80s. It's how do you, I was trying to think of how to say this question, like how do you toe that line of not being clownish and not being a Saturday night? i say yeah. this is just one inch over and it would have been that. How do you, how did you find that line?
1: It's complicated because um, also Tammy is a woman who really enjoyed camp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, I've got to celebrate her for that and I think life. you know she that she loved being silly and goofy and the make she loved living larger than life in all aspects of her life she loved being alive and taking up space and singing loudly and wearing like makeup that everyone could see and the clothes and everything about her was so large um in this like ener- energetically So I didn't want to erase that part of her. Um, But if it's if it's solely that, then it becomes, I think, a caricature. I just had to, especially for that scene, I had to go like, why is she doing it? Um, What does she feel when she's talking to him? I think when you you know the um, Steve Peters interview in its entirety is still on YouTube. So you can like watch her movie and then go on YouTube and watch the full interview of her and Steve. And I just think like their chemistry together, they loved each other. And you could, and even though they never met, but you could just feel like she just loved him and he loved her and they told each other that. <laughs> and so I just tried to connect to that. Like what happens like when you feel great love for someone, even if they're a stranger and they're suffering. And yeah. um, so when playing that scene, um, that's what I thought about. I didn't think in terms or most of the stuff, I didn't think in terms of like, her mannerisms or I've got to play it from the outside in. I always just thought of like with Tammy, I was always feeling my heart. Like I felt like Mm. her heart was on the outside of her body. She had no Mm. um, barrier between her and others.
0: Her family, at least some of the family, her kids have given their blessing to the film. How important was that? And did they have say in any of what should be included or not included?
1: I mean, it's very important. I knew when we were making the film, I didn't want to do anything that created trauma, you know, and Mm re-traumatized people. And that's in all aspects. That's in terms of the children that grew up in this media circus who are now adults and continuing her legacy of love within the church. And that also includes um, Jessica Hahn. I mean, it includes a lot of people who were traumatized but in that whole time. So yeah, I wanted to talk to the kids and I wanted to let them know, I say kids, but they're adults now, so it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to let them know what my intentions were um, with making this film. I wasn't like hoping to like profit off of pain. I, I'm i not, I'm the kind of person I always think about what am I putting out into the world in terms of, you know, my work and, and whatever, am I creating something positive? So I had to have that conversation with them, and I think it took them, we talked many times on the phone and texts and all that, it took them a few times, I think, before they felt safe with me, and I would like to think they feel safe with me now. I'm going to meet Jay for the first time tonight. I'm going to meet Steve Peters tonight. Wow. I know, I can't wait. Um, Tammy Sue sings the song in our credits. She sings don't get her mom's song, don't give up on the brink of a miracle. And she uses the organ that Tammy Faye played in the arrangement. So it's, to me, it feels like a very healing experience.
0: Was there a part of you, though, that feared if they said, please don't make this movie, that you'd say, okay, I'll pack off?
1: I mean, this is what I think would have happened because I thought, it's it's a scary thing. A lot of people don't reach out to family members because they don't want to be told no. Right. So- I mean, what I would probably do if someone said, please don't, I would say, okay, talk to me about why. Can you tell me why? And Mm -hmm. then, and then try to figure out with them, if there was a way to tell a story that felt honest and helpful and positive. And if there wasn't, Mm -hmm. then I would definitely back off. I'm not Mm going to, I'm definitely not interested in, um, hurting people who spent their life being hurt. I'm only interested in, in healing. And I think also too, in honoring Tammy Faye, if the kids were like, you know, after that conversations were like, please, please do not do this. I wouldn't do it.
0: Now we're going to take a short break, but when we return, Chastain talks about playing another Tammy. Country music legend, Tammy Wynette. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Here's more of Jessica Chastain. How much do you think she knew or didn't know what her husband did?
1: Yeah, I mean, the US government didn't think she knew because they didn't mm-hmm. charge her or indict her of any crimes. Um, there's a great podcast called You're Wrong About, because you know this mm-hmm. is a question I get asked a lot. Right. And, and in the beginning, before I saw the documentary, I was like, oh, she knew, because that's what I was fed. Mm-hmm. And then the more I started to study her and then I listened, and also this great thing about this podcast they talk about at the time that all this was going on, she was a raging drug addict. You know, she was basically just doing everything she could She was um, hosting uh, five hours of television every day. She Mm -hmm. was, she recorded over 20 albums. She wrote Mm -hmm. four books with people. Like there was so the, the, her work was so big and she was, she was barely holding on and, you know, I have some experience with people who um, have addiction issues and they're not super aware sometimes of like the specifics of what's going on around you. Also, she was never in a financial or a business meeting. That's just not her. She's right. not like a a financial planner. She was just I mean, like, I just want to love people.
0: <laughs> but also would the men in her life, even let her into a financial meeting. Probably not. Say that again. Would the men in her life even let her in a financial meeting? Probably not.
1: Yeah, but I don't even think she would think to ask. You right. know what I mean? Like, I think like Jim had so many, and I can understand why. I mean, when you read his book, you he had a very difficult childhood and he felt unsafe in his childhood. So there's something I can understand, very sweet about wanting to build a Christian Disneyland where children feel safe and protected. Mm. I can get that. I don't think he had the education, you know, to actually understand financially what's that means. And I think when you don't um, have help with a, you know, and are protected with people around it, you just make a ton of mistakes without even realizing it.
0: Did you reach out to Jim Baker? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. Um, we read his book and especially, mm-hmm. you know, Andrew did. Um, for me, it was because I feel like Jim Baker's had Many lives, you know, in in his life, he's gone through so many incarnations uh, of of uh, who he is, and I think who he is now is very different um, than the Jim Baker that we leave in our film, than the Jim Baker that wrote the book. I was wrong, mm. uh, and so uh, I didn't think that it would be a helpful experience.
0: So tell me about the time that you decided. You probably didn't do this. I'm just asking it anyway. You're in full Tammy makeup (laughs) look. Did you walk off set and go to Starbucks?
1: (laughs) No, but you know what I would do? I would send messages to people. So there was one time I was on set and um, my friend, Sebastian Stan and um, Daniel Bruhl were working together. Oh gosh. We worked with them both. And I was like, I told him, I was like, well, you know, I just wanted to say hello to you both. And, you know, I miss you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, bye-bye. And I did the whole thing and it was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I would, I would send like um, little videograms to my friends and they were like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> um, what was it like for the first time you and Andrew seeing each other in full makeup, you know, this is it, you're walking on set, the two of you together and you look at each other. It must've been wild.
1: Wild. I think we both felt very vulnerable, nervous. Uh, We started with, uh, in chronological order, so we started with the early scenes, which I think Mm -hmm. is great because uh, the characters in some sense are vulnerable and nervous around each other and like Mm -hmm. unsure of the world. And so whatever, you know, nerves or trepidation we had, it felt honest um, because it felt honest Mm -hmm. to the character. But the first time I saw him in his, he sent me a video from a makeup test and he was already in character. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) He literally sent it to me and he was like talking about his hair and doing the whole thing, you know? And I was like, wow, I really have to show up. So uh, at that point we um, started uh, Skyping together with uh, the dialect coach, Lizzie Himmelstein. And mm. um, and uh, uh, that helped a lot, kind of get over mm. my nerves of working with him because he's so good.
0: So now we have to talk about the next singing you're going to be doing, Tammy Wynette.
1: Tammy Wynette, stand by your man, baby.
0: Now it's one thing to sing Tammy Faye Baker. Yes. That's a particular voice, it's a particular kind of music. Stand by your man is. I am. You know, it's one of the greatest classics. How do you begin to even get in that mind space of not only having to sing it, but knowing everyone knows that song. As opposed right. to Tammy, not everyone knows all those songs out there.
1: Yeah. I think what I have to do, and I'm working with t and Burnett is really helping me with this because we've been working on this for quite a while now, is understanding, like, there's, there's Tammy Wynette's version of it, and then there's going to be our version of it, which could be completely different. I mean, I don't even know yet, but we've had singing, um, you know, rehearsals together where he's like, hey, go sing Stand By Your Man, pretend you're singing a lullaby to a baby or, you know, and he's changing the tempo and he's trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how do we get out of any pressure of trying to make it sound just like Tammy Wynette and make it more part of our storytelling. One thing that is helpful is you know Tammy Wynette was all emotion when she sang. Um she really and it's in I mean Tammy Faye is she was just always singing from the Raptors because I think she started out in church where there was no sound system. So she needed right. to be heard. So it was like she mm. didn't have a lot of variation in her song. She was just like yelling it out to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Tammy Wynette is like a softer she has more variation. Mm. Um, but for T-Bone, it's more about telling the story. And I think that makes me feel better, um, not being a professional singer.
0: <laughs> well, the other thing that I was thinking, I imagine maybe someone brought it up to you. Maybe I'm the first because I'm just a gay Jew. Huh? Um, you have a really close connection because of this movie now to one of the greatest singers of all time, Josh Brolin's stepmother.
1: <gasps>
0: it's Barbara Streisand.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I know but <laughs> and you know Josh is producing and Michael Shannon is playing George Jones
0: listen producer it doesn't matter what he's doing
1: I mean that's a bit <laughs> can you imagine I call him up and I'd be like hey um can you give me a singing lesson with your uh, mother your stepmom yeah no I can't yes. I can't even think like that because it really it'll make me go like what's the point why I open my mouth because I don't <laughs> sound like this goddess here <laughs>
0: That was Jessica Chastain. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Malkin. For all your up-to-the-minute Hollywood news, go to variety.com. See you next time.